Hey everybody, we at Podgave Rock and Roll Do You want to make it clear that we don't mean any offense by our comments, critiques, or opinions. We're not music critics, just buddies that use talking about music as an excuse to hang out. Also, our language is intended for adult ears. Enjoy! Cause I'm in the shit house Wish I played in a rock and roll band Somebody give me a dollar bill So I can pass out Well, no, I mean, it's just funny because I was uh, talking to a friend of mine and he referred me you know, as a guitar teacher to someone. And after talking to the guy pretty quickly, I could tell he was relatively conservative. But I told my buddy, he was like, I was wondering how you'd be with that. And I was like, man, I have, first of all, I have no issues with conservatives whatsoever. In fact, I think the country needs balance. I was like, but you also got to realize being from North Carolina... California conservative and North Carolina conservative are not even in the same <laughs> league, man. I'm like, this dude would be a liberal, like where I, like, yeah. where, where I grew up. I mean, this to, guy would be a rhino, Republican <laughs> in name only. I, I love that. It's like, um, but anyway, he was. Uh, I was saying how you know somebody brought a gun to basically a. It wasn't a family reunion, but it might is a family get together, and it he lost it inadvertently. It fell out. My dad found it, turned it into like the, but it's just like turn it into what they turned it into like the lost bar and owner. Found yeah, just like the lost. bar owner <laughs> with all the other hey, some, guns. Some, some, you guys got a lost and found. It's for a this, pile of uh, guns over there in the corner. It's Thirty-eight fucking, over here. Throw this in the junk drawer. Fucking so. ladies' night. And I was like, you know, most everyone here. Like, who are you going to shoot? It just well, makes them. It makes them feel safer, right? <laughs> guns but flying. To, guns flying. Other and not even know. Right. That's the thing that just I mean, shows you how. How well, backwards. first of all, like losing it and not even knowing, and then just having it so insecure that it can fall out of your pocket, yeah. which could also in set it sock. off and shoot it's someone. Like sock. he had it behind his ear, <laughs> behind his ear. <laughs> I found a quarter. I mean, a thirty-eight revolver. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah, that's that. That's my kind of down home. So you guys have both shot a gun before in your life. I'm, I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah. Now, do you remember the first time you shot one? Boy Scouts. Boy Scouts? The yeah. guys had guns in they, the Boy Scouts? Yeah, they let y'all shoot guns in Boy Scouts? I'm pretty sure, yeah. <laughs> pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that that was not allowed in my <laughs> Boy Scout troop. I'm a junior sniper badge. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I remember like, the first time. Like, we had guns growing up. Like, you know, we would shoot like on... You know, for like, just my dad asked me if I want to go out and shoot sometimes. I remember the last time I shot one, I was just like, God damn, this shit is loud. Like, the instant <laughs> so ringing loud. in your ears. I'm like, to hell with this. Like, like <laughs> I'm going to have to be ready to kill a motherfucker before I do this to myself again. Well, I, I mean, the first time, like, I remember just even being around. I got I have, I have some good gun stories. I grew up out in the country. <laughs> I, I, or I was born out in the country in, in a little town called Carter, Mississippi, and... My dad was like, hey, you're going deer hunting with me. My dad didn't deer hunt that much. Like, we weren't a big hunting family. My dad duck hunted. So we're walking around. Like, we're just, we're not even like in a deer stand or anything. We're just walking along this creek. And I have a little toy pistol and I just keep going, pew, pew, pew. I mean, I was probably like six. So I was just like, pew, pew, oh. pew. Oh. And he was like, shut the fuck up. You have to be quiet when we do this. Pew. So, And I hated going hunting because I didn't want to wake up. Pew, pew. 
I will. As I got older, I just didn't want to wake up at three in the morning and go sit in the freezing cold and for four hours and maybe see a deer. You know, well, can we all acknowledge that the world is biased for people who get up early? They think just because you get up early, like you're somehow better than everyone else, and that's bullshit. Okay, <laughs> and, go ahead. I mean, in my opinion, it just means you're old, uh, right? Well, they no, say the early bird gets storm. I get up early now, so no. But but you don't that's like great. you don't like champion it like you're fucking king of the universe just because you get up early. No, I pat myself on the back though. I mean, how early? How early are we talking about, Neil? Like I got up this morning at six thirty and got straight to work. Oh, okay, five thirty is what oh, we're. I mean, right, six thirty is kind of like the sun. This is plain lazy. That's just lazy talk. Yeah, but <laughs> so my dad takes me dove hunting, and basically we're like, if I remember correctly, it's like a sunflower field that they cut, and then all these birds come, and like certain points of the year, they'll just start eating these sunflower seeds. And then whatever you send a dog out there or something and they fly up and then you shoot so i got this i don't know it was probably a 410 and i'm sitting right by, beside my dad who has bad hearing anyway from he fell off a cotton uh gin when he was younger and like messed something up in his ear and so the birds fly up and he's like all right shoot and i'm like bam and it was just right next to his head and he was like god Damn it! Jesus. I was like, you told me to shoot. I like, like told me to shoot. But then, but then, and this is this is uh, any of my friends from Mississippi who listen to this, gonna be like, God, you're such a pussy. Then my dad was like, Hey, I think you got one, and and I was like, Really? And he's like, Yeah. He's like, Go get it. So I like walk out in the field. I grab this dead bird and I come back. And I'm like, Hey, I shot it. Sweet. And he's like, All right, pull the head off. And I'm like, What? Oh God. He's like. <laughs> he's like Pull the head off. You gotta pull the head off now. And I'm like, is it a crawfish? Really? And <laughs> yeah, right. And so he goes, and so I twist it, and then I pull, and then you know, there's like this little spinal cord sticking up and oh. vibrating. And I'm like, uh, and he's like, yeah, it's just the nerves, you know. It, it, it didn't hurt him. He didn't feel a thing. It, it, yeah. They don't feel pain. He was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't cry for him. He's already dead. Uh, <laughs> but then I, he's like, "All right, put it in your pocket." So I put it in my jacket pocket, oh, and then pockets with the chipmunk squirrel pockets and the yeah. bird pockets. Well, and then about thirty minutes later, though, I was like, "You know, my stomach." I mean, I completely lied. I just wanted to go home. I was like, "My stomach's not feeling well." He was like, "Really?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I go. We can go home. I'm good with this." <laughs> Jesus, did you walk home with the fucking bird carcass in your pocket? Yeah, man, we used to make the dove breast with wrapped in bacon. Hold on, so why would your I'm friends sure. call you a pussy? Because your tummy hurt? No, because I was like, what? Pull the head off? Well, that's, yeah. Well, I, I, I got one for you, speaking of pulling heads off. All right. All right. Do you guys remember the first time you pulled a head off? No, I'm totally good. Um, Boy Scouts. <laughs> <laughs> It all happened to person the boys house. Um, okay, so uh, uh, this the girl I knew in high school, bastion of integrity. Her dad was Sorry. a big hunter, and her, her and him and this guy were out hunting. And this story's fucking disgusting. I'm not gonna lie, this is disgusting. Um, and they saw a doe, you know, like a female deer, and uh, they could tell there was something kind of weird that just looked strange like, from a distance, and. Uh, Anyway, There's something funny out there. They shot it anyway, right? Because that's what you do. Mm-hmm. And so they got up there, and they looked. <laughs> once again, this is fucking disgusting. Um, the, it looks like the doe had been in the middle of birth or something, and somehow it oh, didn't. <laughs> and somehow the, 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 the baby didn't come out. 
<laughs> and oh, it no. was dead and like dried. And so my friend's dad went to try to pull it out and the head came off. And he went and looked, uh, and his friend was just immediately barfing. <laughs> just, just, I, mean, <laughs> I just thought I mean, the idea of looking at your buddy's just like, Boom! take five. That's fantastic. I can, I can see that. Speaking of dried fetus, <laughs> uh, I, right? When I when I traveled through South, I was about to say South Carolina, but um, <laughs> this probably happened in South Carolina for the record. Right now. No, no, no. After college, uh, I went down to South America to travel a little bit. I had a little money saved up. From uh, waiting tables, you know, I was in Bolivia in La Paz, and I was walking through like this market, and they were like, I guess a like a delicacy down there is dried uh, alpaca fetus. Wow, They're just baskets of them. Weird. <laughs> I was like, what is this? They were like dried alpaca, or you know, alpaca fetus. Did you try one? Um, no, no, I did not. <laughs> And yeah. I didn't. I did That's not. The correct I, and, I, and honestly, I still am not sure whether it was to eat or like as a like a little doll you would take home and like, or like hang. a rabbit's foot, like a little lucky. Yeah, it's like yeah, like something like that. <laughs> lucky alpaca fetus. <laughs> my, what is that hanging from your rearview mirror? It's my lucky alpaca fetus. That was it truck nuts. Or <laughs> wasn't very lucky is that for that an alpaca. alpaca fetus. Or are you just happy to see me? I thought it'd be cool to have a. Band called Truck Nuts with, with a Z. N U T Z. That would be yeah. so. It's like no fear on the front, Truck Nuts in the back. No, no. They would be like a. That'd be like a puddle of mud cover band, <laughs> Truck Nuts. I like, always no, want to no. have Truck Nuts in Los Angeles. <laughs> I always want to put them on my wife's Prius. Just big Truck yeah. Nuts on my wife's Prius. Yeah. For some reason. The ground. <laughs> <laughs> That's how big they if are. You, and then, then it wouldn't be the, silent anymore backing up. You could put the Calvin Peon on Antifa on the back. Of I don't know they have like the Calvin Peon on, on a Ford or a Chevrolet symbol. It's like, this is what you want the world to know about you, huh? You're just, just anti-Chevrolet, anti-Ford. I mean, it's like whatever works. You're like, I hate Chevy so much, I wish Calvin would pee on it. I want the whole world to the whole cartoon, Black and white cartoon would pee on it. I'm surprised they don't have like a Hobbs taking a shit on stuff. You haven't like, seen those? Just as kind of, no, it's like Calvin being on things. They should have a Hobbs taking a shit on things. That's a, There you uh, go. There's your million-dollar idea, Josh. You know, I've been searching for one for 39 years. I try, Maybe to, this is- I try to acknowledge sentences I've never heard anyone say, and I've never heard anyone say, I don't think, why don't they have a Hobbs taking a shit on stuff? I don't think that's a sentence anyone's ever said exactly in that way in my life. And on that note, <laughs> you were listening to Pod Gave Rock and Roll to you. And this week we are discussing Screamin' Jay Hawkins' classic, I Put a Spell on You, from his 1956 album, At Home, with Screamin' Jay Hawkins. Uh, written by Jay Hawkins and Herb Slotkin, and produced by Arnold Maxson, and released on Oka, or <laughs> OK. I put a spell on you. I'm pretty sure I first heard CCR, uh, Credence Clearwater Revival's version, uh, from the because it's on the Revival album, and loved it. Th- I think next I heard the version by them uh, with Van Morrison, and also loved it. And in college, I heard Nina Simone's version, and assumed... Loved it. <laughs> ...up until this week that that was the original. But regardless of who does it, 
I've always been fascinated with like the allure of the song, like the trance-like vibe of the song. It's so simple and dark and mysterious, and it's you can tell it's old and it's bluesy, but it's also a little different than just kind of your typical blues from from that period. And honestly, I, when I listened to the Screaming Jay Hawkins this week and realized he wrote the song in the '50s. You know, it makes sense that it comes from like a bluesman, probably a second generation blue, you know, second or third generation bluesman, basically decided to get weird in the <laughs> studio and it's and weird, man. and you know, he created a classic that any artist of any time can record, and it's going to sound great. So, you know, while I do find his version a tad bit campy, but it's it's just a timeless song because it it can be done seriously. It can be done. Mm-hmm. Wink, wink, mm-hmm. and it's it's just it's, it's a classic. It's can't really say anything bad about the song. I have always associated it with Creedence Clearwater. Um, I think just recently I heard some other versions. I think second was probably Nina, um, and then I really didn't. The first time I really gave Screaming Jay a listen was probably this week. But I think it, yeah, it's a great song no matter who plays it. I think you covered it, Josh. Just how many different ways you can take it. I love how Creedence does. Just it's a little more serious. There's a little more pain involved in the credence version oh yeah but they both have the screams so that's for damn sure he wasn't named screaming jay for nothing <laughs> and uh yeah it's a, it's a great song it's i i did recognize that it's so fun to play like when i picked it up and learned it today and just turned on the electric like the first chord like i was like god this is so fun because you know from hearing it so many times all the dynamics you know what i mean it's just a yeah. couple chords but you know where to kind of punch it in there are a lot of great covers and i think there's still room for more great covers of it. I like there's there's none that I think really I mean obviously plenty of people nailed it, but like I I think it's such a cool song that it has room for like many different versions. Yeah, that's a great point that there isn't just a you know, in my mind at least Jonathan you may disagree, but there isn't a definitive it's not like Hendrix took all on the watchtower from Dylan mm-hmm. and it's just like this is the only way that you should play this song. This is just a great song that doesn't have a definitive version in 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 my mind well it kind of becomes like a almost like a standard like a jazz standard where it's like you know it it doesn't Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but that being said i bet you i bet you if you asked those folks they would all like i don't think i think they would all say screaming jay hawkins like if you ask all individually i think they would all refer back i don't think like you know now now van morrison may say nina simone but let me say this about this song uh there are about Four songs I can remember the first time I ever heard them. I remember the first time I heard Welcome to the Jungle. I remember the first time I heard Smells Like Teen Spirit. I remember the first time I heard Even Flow from Pearl Jam. Where it's just mm-hmm. like, holy shit, like, what is... And also this, I saw this in some show, and it was actually Screaming Jay Hawkins, and I thought it was so cool. And then, like, that night, I was at home, and, and I mean, I was probably, like, six. I mean, I, was, I, was, I had a babysitter. I had, I, you know, I mean, I had a babysitter <laughs> when I was 16, you know. That's a different story. Um, I mean, anyway. Um, and I saw it, and I thought it was really cool, and my mom was on the phone, and I was trying to get her attention, and she wouldn't pay any attention to me because she was on the phone. And I jumped on the yeah. coffee table, and I was like, I put a spell on you. And she, ah, just took, great. she just took the phone away from her. She's like, where did you hear that? And I was like, I don't know. It's on TV today. And That's a classic, awesome kid story. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. And, she, uh, and she said that was the first song she ever heard on the radio. I was like, that's pretty cool. Huh. And so I think the thing about this song that is so impactful in a nutshell is up until this, a lot of folks shied away from the dark, 
evilly kind of side of things because it was like against the church and especially I think in the African American community with like blues and stuff. Like I mean, it, it was very. It's like either you're in the church or you're playing blues, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they're not the same. It's like Saturday nights and Sunday mornings. And but this and I think it was kind of like looked at, but this is like someone who's just like no no no, we're going fucking full in on the dark side and that is I think that's super yeah. duper cool. He went he he went full voodoo. Which is fantastic yeah yeah shit. and that's great right. that's real cool that's rock like, and roll. We're gonna get lost in the bayou real that's quick. The beginning of a lot of big things in rock and roll right there. I, I love his version for what it is, but like I said, just hearing it recently, it does come off a little like spooky. What well, now it does? Cause <laughs> it's seventy years old, right? Yeah. But at yeah. the time, it would have been like but, holy shit! He come out in a coffin and shit. That's crazy. Yeah, but mm-hmm. but I think that whole thing is you know he he got in with this DJ Alan Freed who was very popular at the time who convinced him like you should do an act with this thing because the story behind this was this was a blues ballad he recorded originally. Uh, for Grand Records, I believe, in 55. And that was never released. I heard and then it. In 50, it's out there. Yeah, but then in 56, he said that the um, <laughs> the producer... Yeah, it's uh, a great story. ...came in with some ribs and chicken and beer, and they got wasted and woke up the next day and and, and were like, all right, I guess this is, what, uh, this is what we did last night in the studio. And was he screaming Jay before this song, or did this... No. Turn him into this persona. He was politely asking this song. Jay. <laughs> He's like, hey, can you Here's please, polite Jay. Can you pass me the mic? Uh, but I'll say this. Uh, Alan Freed is the guy attributed with coining the phrase rock. Now, not that he coined the phrase rock and roll, but he popularized yeah. it. Hmm. Yeah. 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 And that's yeah. also why the rock and roll Very popular at that time. Yeah, but, but going back to Neil's kind of statement of, you know, it is campy and it, it's almost like a little bit monster mashy. Mm-hmm. When you hear this Certainly. and you know it was a blues ballad, and you're like, oh, because he is doing a little something different. You know, it's not really a rock and roll song, mm-hmm. right? right it's a blues I mean, it's, tune. it's, it's a, blues, yeah. It's a blues tune that he just kind of creates his persona. It's almost like an absurd version of what the kind of legendary bluesman is now, or like the guy who's in the jute joint, like, you know, playing with his tongue and stuff like that and doing that. And he's just doing his own take on that. playing the guitar with his like, tongue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what do you mean playing with his <laughs> Playing with his tongue. I'm like, what's that? I've never seen that. You can't see me yeah. do it. Um, <laughs> but then taking that, like, to an extreme and being like, all right, I'm going to be, you know, bombastic. I'm going to do what, you know, maybe Little Richard's doing or whatever with R&B and do it with blues. His, like, screaming and stuff is what, make, is what yeah. makes it campy. Like, they actually banned this song. Because they said it was too cannibalistic sounding cannibalistic. with his like, ooh, ha, at the end of is it. What, you is know? what cannibals yeah. do? Is that what they, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I, well, I mean, I, you're talking America in the 50s. So. And what they, they even took that stuff out, and what I read is like, it, and it still didn't get much play. It wasn't enough. It was still, it was still bad music. <laughs> but it still sold a million copies. There's yeah. no bad press, right? I mean, well, yeah. I, mean, depending, I mean, there are people that can't prove the exception to that. And, but think about like think about movies like Psycho and stuff now like where Alfred Hitchcock when you see him now it's like whatevs but like the impact they made on the industry are profound. Yeah, there is a version of him doing it in '66 on the Merv Griffin show where it yeah. is super. Like I almost felt bad for him. Like just come on, man. This is this is like just because it was like a a show too. So he's going way overboard. Like I put a spell on you and making all well, kinds of weird noises. And this is his one like 
Yeah, huge, yeah, go for it. Make your shit. money, man. I, mean, I love it. So, I retract but, that. I don't feel bad for him. <laughs> <laughs> but he just to dive, like, get into the song a little bit. I mean, for me, and I ask this, you know, a good bit is like, what's the most memorable part of this song? And for me, in any version of it, is just that first line, and really how anybody delivers it. If the line is so good and so simple, and the melody is so mm-hmm. on. simple, and has room to work with. But let's be clear, it, it's great. Van Morrison and John Fogarty and Nita Simone all make it sound fucking easy because they're among the best singers of all time. I don't know that mm-hmm. this is, I, I think you could fuck this song all up. I think it's oh, very yeah, possible. You can, you so can, I don't think it's necessarily, fuck it up. you're a naturally good singer. So I mean, but I don't know that it's idiot proof. Let's put it that way. Uh, sure, sure. But I'm just saying, because it's a line that people have gravitated towards and deliver with such but you gotta like, mean it originality i mean I, I put a spell on you what you really have to mean mind. is that scream like that's uh well especially in screaming jay and credence and most of them do it but like that that's what i remember is just the like yeah. the fogarty and and screaming jay just i mean belting and that that was the part of the screaming jay where i was like oh there it is there it is yeah and I think that's where it comes in with like the emotion of like I put a spell on you and you're it's like a statement of like I put a spell on you and you're like all right I'm interested and then because you're mine and how you land on that mind it's just such a like well, isn't that redundant a, impactful is it is what is he I put a spell on you because you're I always had a little issue with that lyric because it's like hold on are you mine because I put a spell on you no or does it that kind of doesn't make it no. Yeah, well, I think he's saying he lost her and he wants to put a spell on her. But no, he's. I I, I feel yeah because like, like she's got like she's a cheating yeah. no good, you know. I, I, I re, if you I read the rest of the lyric, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. she left him and he's like, and he wants her back so bad that he wish he could cast a spell. But no, no, I don't even see it as she left him. I think it's I put a spell on you because you're mine and you better stop messing around because you're mine. I mean, it's very misogynistic in well, the way it's but delivered. It, no, it's, it can go both ways. I want to Nina Simone saying well, true. It's, it's, and it's, I would argue that, ish. and I would, I would argue it's, it, it sounds better to me when a woman does sing it. I think it's it, possessed. it has more of an impact. I put a spell on you. Cause you're mine. I wanted to like Nina's version more. Like I know I've heard it a bunch, but listening to it this week, I'm not into the scatting on it. So you're saying that's a fromage, not an homage? To, <laughs> well, to I'm saying it's fromage, not fromage, but... Fromage. That's fromage. a fromage. Mississippi, it's fromage, motherfucker. Well, yeah, but we're not um, in Mississippi anymore, Josh. Well, well, fromage. I, I, got a quick, I got a quick note uh, on, the, on, that, on that lyric that you have an issue with, because I was playing the song on guitar today, and my girlfriend's youngest daughter, who's eight, she's about to be nine, she goes, hey, you're not singing that right. It's, I put a spell on you, and now you're mine. And I'm like, no. And she's like, I have seen Hocus Pocus. <laughs> That's like, amazing. I, I think her line is better. Because. Yeah. Well, everything about redundant. that is better. That's amazing. But it's redundant to be like, <laughs> I put a spell on you because. What do you mean, what do you mean because? I feel like that's I, I, that's my only it's issue. Re- that's like, but you're softening it. If, 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 for the people who did it in a Hocus Pocus, they were probably like, let's just change this to Now You're Mine because it still makes sense. It makes and more sense, I think. It, 
it makes more sense unless you look at the rest of the lyric and then I put a spell on you because your mind makes sense with the rest of the lyric. Like I don't think it does. It's ownership. It's possession. Because he clearly is not in control of the situation. Because she's out doing her fuck. She <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do, he's so. not in control. He's not. So that, I, I well, think there's there are some structural tweaks. But the fact that he comes in with the statement, as you were saying, Josh, is one of my favorite parts because right from the start, he's making a statement. And like, yeah, he's not and asking a question. Do you like this song? He's not, hey, do you like my song? He's like, I put a spell on you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and because you've already heard the first couple bars of boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Like that trance, it's like kind of like cool. all the things just in rhythm. Staccato. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he, yeah. Staccato. And he's just like, I put a spell on you. Oh, shit. <laughs> you're just like, you're already in that trance and you're like oh yeah you did and then he's like but and then that sense when you listen to it because you're mine it's almost like i am yours you know he's almost like telling you the listener i think it works in spite of that because it's so good and i am i am his at yeah. that point i am his for the next two minutes that's all you know? mm-hmm. the way credence did it i always <laughs> figured he was in control that version sounds a little more direct and like and like he actually is casting a bit See, of a spell. Here's my thing. All he's gonna all he had to say is you're gonna stop the things you do. Not you better. See, better's asking. That's true. It's not- but it's almost like an all bark, no bite situation. And I think that's why in Credence, what I hear, other than that nasty guitar solo, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that they just decide to well, vamp on forever. Uh, but when he sings it, there's so much. It, there's more pain of like, I can't do anything about. It is an all bark, no bite yeah. situation for me. It's like I can't do anything about this. But th- this is what I want. Well, to to be doing, and I and I dig that. And also on the Credence, I love that the beginning much better. Just the the drum hits, like it's a really great way to. Come into oh, the song. See, so you like the music in Credence because Credence I like, for me is like they, Credence. They make it a classic it's all about Credence. Song, if basically. I had to choose one, I'd take Credence. No, I like I I do appreciate the subtlety, Josh, of uh of the, and I didn't mean Neil about how it could be a little campy, but I appreciate the dynamics of the screaming Jay Hawkins. I do feel like lyrically it's slightly awkward, but still impactful. You just can't yeah, be too I've, much. I, I've never really thought but, that, but the, but it it further pushes it because he repeats the same thing. So he has to repeat it. So it's basically like this could go in a loop um, of repetition of him barking. Mm-hmm. So I would and, say it's not her being like, yeah, con- you, you didn't put a spell on me. Exactly, which is it's like it's it's kind of like I got my mojo working, but it just don't work on you. <laughs> like, is that, it's like muddy waters, that same kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you know, moving off the lyric a little bit, Neil, I, I like the music and the production in the Screaming Jay Hawkins, I think better than any other version I heard. I love just how Jonathan, the staccato, the bump, 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 bump. Yeah. Bump. That, that, that adds to the camp a little bit for me. It, it sounds a little monster mashy, but um, it is great. I mean, it, I mean, it's, it's a great version. Just, I've always grown up with the Credence. I love how they, the, the, that whole solo in the middle is just fantastic. I well, mean, yeah, because I mean, it's, it's the nasty. two parts, and the, the second part when that comes in, it's just that one note for like twenty seconds. Wow, wow, no, wow, not the bending, wow. just a wow, 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 wow. Oh yeah, it's fucking sweet. <laughs> I think you know, one thing too that may affect that camp feeling is that 
in the Screaming Jay Hawkins, it's a lot of brass. It's like saxophones and stuff. It's not just all like electric. Like it's bump. I mean, there are horns in there, so it's it kind of not as scary in a way. It's not as like you know like rock and rollish. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that and it's not it. even that. It's it's also kind of just right away. He's doing the <laughs> true, but I don't think you can discount the tonality <laughs> of what you're hearing. Like brass, yeah, and, and let's just let's just heavy as let's just call out real quick. Let's just call out real quick. So on guitar in the original is Mickey Baker from Mickey and Sylvia. Oh, nice. Love is strange cool. fame. Uh, hmm. Piano, Ernie Hayes. Tenor sax, Sam the Man Taylor, <laughs> who played uh, uh, on uh, Big Joe Turner's Shake, Rattle, and Roll. Uh, baritone sax, Bud Johnson. Bass, Al Lucas, who was just a jazz guy, played with Duke Ellington and you know anybody else you can name. And then the drums was like a famous session drummer, David Panama Francis, uh, who played on like all the Platters hits, nice. you know, Great Pretender, Only You, he played on Walk Like a Man, oh, cool. and Big Girls Don't Cry and stuff like that. So, I mean, the, the music the here right. is, is insane. And the arrangement was done by a guy named Leroy Kirkman, who worked with Alan Freed, who we've mentioned earlier, and a bunch of other hit makers. So you're talking about like, you know, the best of the best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do, do, doing this back in 55, yeah. which... Drinking beer and eating fried chicken and just getting down. Well, think about like how controversial Elvis was in 56. With, yeah. And this is a year before, and like especially like if they thought a white kid freaked people out, a fucking black dude doing that shit would really freak some people out, especially some white folks. Like, you're not going to watch this, which well, means I really want to see this. <laughs> like, I got to see it now. And again, well, just, they, they basically take a jazz ensemble and, and make this... Blue kind of mishmash blues. It's not Delta blues. It's like, but it's like the way Chicago blues, but it's like Louisiana. Mm-hmm. So it, very, it feels very New Orleans-ish or very like yeah, yeah. swampy. And and that's probably why Credence uh, could interpret it so well. They're from San Francisco and Nina. <laughs> well, well, and Nina, who who basically does like a jazzy, but it's still got that like Bayou flavor. All of them keep that kind of. It's baked in there. Voodoo-ish, Bayou swampy kind of flavor. Yeah. On that Merv Griffin, I was watching. They were introducing him, and they're like, uh, "This guy's kind of crazy, but I know one thing: you're not going to be getting up to go to the bathroom." <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, right screaming! Jay. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like, of all the versions, I—I th- I mean, I think the screaming Jay Hawkins is most important. But of the other ones, I like them, Van Van Morrison's oh, best because yeah. it's like, see, here's my thing with Nina Simone. In this song, she's such a good singer that she's singing it. Whereas mm-hmm. Van Morrison and the other guy, they're telling you, they're they're almost speaking. Yeah. It. So I think it's yeah. more effective that way. I think it. I think the narrative comes across more. Yeah, the Van well, Morrison is kind of a mix between Credence spot. and Nina, yeah. and yeah, I mean it, it, it's, it's it's a great version. I mean he gets into a little scatting too, which kind of turned me off a little bit but it's it's them i mean i could listen to anything them plays really like any bootleg any any session anything i I agree i agree jonathan that's my favorite version of the song it's like a loungy film noir something that came out of like a french film in the 60s it the sax he keeps kind of the sax but it's like a little silkier and the best scatting it has the best scatting. i mean yes it's it i i didn't mind it as much as nina now let me ask you guys since you're more musically uh inclined than i am now are are all these solos really good because it's just really nice to play over this yeah it's fertile ground it's fertile ground um because it has so much emotion and dynamics 
there's kind of a couple changes where it can kind of peak, where it kind of goes to a, a C or whatever, almost a little more major. Yeah, and it's it's just, and especially a lot of people that do play it, stretch it out and just let you kind of get after it. Well, I think I think there's so much vibe in the song, like you could play one note and let everything kind of mm-hmm, move around, mm-hmm. and it sounds significant. But they're not even. But they're not even. Pl- none of these solos are even really playing to the melody. Because it's blues. Almost it's like, not blues. The blues isn't really melody driven. Speaking of which, um, my favorite version. Um, did you guys listen to Creedence live at Woodstock? God, they fucking crushed it at Woodstock. It's so cool. I did not see that one. It's on Spotify. Uh, I started listening. It's a little faster, but really tight and really good. And you can really hear the live kind of emotion in it. I always forget about them being there. Like they're not in the movie or anything. Mm-hmm. The dead were there too. And apparently had one of their worst shows ever. So they're never talked about, <laughs> but like, yeah, but I always forget about CCR being there. This song, uh, according to the rock hall of fame was one of the 500 songs that shaped rock. For sure. Sweet. And it is number it is number 313 on Rolling Stone's greatest songs of all time. Are you looking at a list right now? Uh, no. Yeah, okay. I, I just was curious. It just it just said that on Wikipedia. <laughs> I think it's I think it's time to vibe. Uh, cue the music in three, mm-hmm. two, one. Go ahead. I was I was just gonna I was revving at the oh. Are you he just froze again? He froze. <laughs> He's stunned at my... Oh, no. Oh, no. We may have lost him. No, we didn't lose him. He's back. Wait, y'all talking about me? No, You were frozen. No. (laughs) Frozen. Frozen in time. Okay, this is my tune, so I'm going to say... I want to hear this in a smoke-filled bar. Making eye contact with a lady from across the way. Slow motion. (laughs) You got a whole scene. Slow motion. And then I'm grabbing my drink and walking over. Starting a convo, but the I guess the only caveat I'd have starting with this song a convo? is like, I, I, I don't grab con- two fireballs. Is that a convoy? <laughs> yeah, let me let me get some fernet. Let me get two shots of fernet. What is fernet? And, uh, what are the? I don't even know what language you're speaking. What's fernet? <laughs> That's like an Italian two Jagermeister bombs, like licorice. Fernet. Uh, <laughs> um, so but the only mysterious. caveat I would have fernet is an Italian liqueur that tastes like licorice. I had a buddy in college who was Italian, and he would be like. I, next round of shots are on me, and everybody be like, because we were in college, they'd be like, yay. And then inside would be like, ugh, he's definitely going to get fucking for now. Wouldn't it just be like, okay. So, That's funny. So, but I would say the only caveat is uh, this song, it, it's got to be at night. Yep. Yeah. I want to hear this at night. I agree. Uh, at night, in a bar, um, if someone's covering it well, you know, it's always, yeah. it's like we've talked about, it's always a good cover. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, it's, it's kind of out at night, it's not easy listening. You're not like waking up in the morning like your alarm is bump 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 bump. Put a spell. On. Actually, that could probably yeah, that might, might work. Yeah, that could totally work. Um, <laughs> so when you, first of all, when I think of, I don't always drink liquor's favorite Italian liqueurs. What I want to do? I drink sambuca. <laughs> Second of all, I want to hear this. Actually, I like this as a jazzy. Like I could see like the fabulous Baker Boys, like Michelle Pfeiffer. If you have uh-huh. some shit uh-huh. yep. just killing it, peak, totally, peak totally, totally could just seduce everyone in the room with this song. Where it's like, yeah. where it's not, the way he sings it, so I'll give you this. The way he sings it, he's trying to be dominant. 
and 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 it doesn't necessarily sound like it's working too well. The way I could I could imagine like a jazzy thing, especially like with a female voice, it could be like enchanting, like sit yeah. and pull you in without trying to, and mm-hmm. that's arguably. So that's where I'd really like to hear it in that setting, I think. And that's kind of Van Morrison kind yeah, of gets she's in. actually putting she a spell really, in. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Because he takes it into the lounge. He takes it into the lounge. lounge doesn't unmasked, have a good, I put a spell unmaxed, on unmaxed. <laughs> With his walking stick. He, he, put, he put a COVID on you. I put a you. virus on uh, you. Because <laughs> I'm unvaccinated. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm mad. Speaking of putting a virus on you, yeah. uh, why don't we slide under the influence? I we under the Talk covers. about the influence. <laughs> We've been under the covers. <laughs> We're just covered in virus at this point. Um, well, the, actually, I tell you what, it'd be, this would be a cool song to hear when you're going under an anesthesia. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, that's kind of wild. And then you're out. Boom, boom. Yeah. Then, then you're like, oh, exactly. Freaking fear and loathing. Right, right, right. Like, wow. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> Neil, what do you think? influence this song was influenced by uh, other songs to listen to i mean i think amy winehouse's whole thing is like this kind of i would like to have yeah. heard do it that's great call. yeah for sure i yes. mean that's what yeah be right up like her almost all her songs sound like they're a version of this um tom waits as well he's got a lot oh, yeah. of tom waits in there and then um just a comparable song, I think. Zeppelin's "Dazed and Confused" is kind of along the same lines. Just kind of like dark, mm. creepy, pissed. <laughs> yeah, those are good ones. Those are good ones. Jonathan, what you got? Well, in terms of like where it came from, it definitely has like that voodoo or hoodoo, whichever one. I don't really know the difference, <laughs> but, no, they're, but they're, they're te- technically different things. Uh, vibe. It's got that witchcrafty vibe about it. Uh, is definitely in the Howlin' Wolf. Mm-hmm, vein of mm-hmm. things yeah, right on um, that block <laughs> robert johnson and the dark and the hellhounds yeah. but then it clearly led to like black sabbath and marilyn mm-hmm. manson and all that stuff it kind of has that backdoor man or evil evil yeah, going mm-hmm. on like that it's, it's it's all over that stuff but it's definitely there's a direct lineage from this stuff through sabbath through you know Marilyn Manson through anything that is of that we're yeah. we're really gonna get we're gonna embrace yeah that there's arc. a witchcrafty vibe which to is it great which is excellent. when just the whole screaming aspect is is very Morrison uh, you know and and mm-hmm. and very really I don't want to say Mick because I don't I Mick don't, doesn't I don't have think, the but I, I yeah he doesn't have the sack balls behind it ball I guess uh, whichever one sack. <laughs> uh, you know, there's obviously some Vincent Price going oh, nice. on here. Uh, <laughs> you know, thriller, um, and, and yeah, maybe some Alice Cooper. Thriller, we didn't, we Alice didn't and James. Him. Never thought about that. That's interesting. You know, this is this is very grungy. This is grungy. This Alice is, and Chains has that dark distance. but like Thriller with the, all the like. Oh yeah, yeah. We we mm-hmm. can't not mention Michael Jackson. <laughs> the scariest of all. As we discussed, it's just because of Thriller. And his his outfits. Obviously because of Thriller. (laughs) Well, speaking of Michael Jackson, why don't we uh, dip under the covers real quick? (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh. Oh. I know know we've been... (laughs) I know we've been under the covers this whole time, but why don't we we get... Dive a little deeper now. Why don't we dive a little deeper and talk about a couple that <laughs> maybe we, we, we haven't mentioned yet. Uh, Jonathan, are there any other covers that you heard that you want to 
get give a shout out. The the imaginary uh, Amy Winehouse version going on in my head right now is fucking amazing. <laughs> it's so good. It's exactly what I was talking I about bet, before. I it's bet. fantastic. Great job, Neil. Good job producing that one. I hear it. Uh-huh. Hear it. Um, oh yeah. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna go with uh, uh, the Annie Lennox version, um, which is you're gonna go with not it. My favorite. <laughs> you're go going with, with that one. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring that one up. Uh, it's not my favorite. She's cool though. The solo is like very, the solo is cheesy. She sounds great. She's got a great voice. Like mm-hmm. she always said, but the, the production is not my favorite, and the solo is just I don't like the guitar that's played. The tone is not my favorite <laughs> mm-hmm. in that one. And then there's a Jeff Beck Josh Josh J O S S Stone. Yeah. I mean it's cool, but it's 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 too produced and Jeff Beck is so clean and hitting so many notes. It's just kind of necessary. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even check that one out. Uh, Neil, do you, did you hear any that haven't been mentioned? Yeah. I heard the animals, which was okay. It was good. It's the animals. Um, but huh. even better was, uh, I guess their keyboardist, their original keyboardist, Alan price did a very dark organ kind of almost ah. an animals version, his own animals version. That's really good. He actually charted with that. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I, I think it was the first cover of it that that charted. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> I heard David Gilmore playing it with someone named Micah Paris or Mika. I'm not sure. Um, it was mediocre until uh, well, Gilmore kicked in. But it was great to hear is Gilmore it, play a solo over this. It, is it spelled M I K A or M I C A H? M I C A. Ooh. See? Uh, you okay. see where I... <laughs> yeah, I see. I see. Um, I see. And then the only one other I'll, I'll mention is... Uh, it was cool. I listened to one of Biggie's songs. He sampled this, and it was kind of cool. So oh, it was nice. good to, yeah, I could see this being a yeah, good sample yeah. in, a, in a hip-hop song, for sure. Um, well, speaking of uh, sampling, <laughs> why don't we Do you need a sample talk about how the shoe fits? Um, I'll give you a sample. We'll talk about that. We'll talk <laughs> about that post-pod. post-pod. But after the after oh, post post pod, Jonathan, how does the shoe fit for you? Uh, it fits like a I don't know exactly what kind of shoe does this fit like. It's a tough one because there's so many different versions of it, right? Like it's so yeah. It, so it's like it has slightly different. It's definitely black. It's definitely like elegant and like and it's very like it's a very smooth. I almost like a really like dark dress black boot that like is going to make. Are, are you walking slow? You're walking slow in these. You're like exactly. You're you're, walking you're, you're taking your time. You're you're looking around. You're hesitant, no, no, but I'm you're ta- I'm also taking my time, but I'm not dancing. I'm taking shoes. my time, but I'm looking straight ahead. There you go. There you go, Neil. What what's uh. What what kind of shoes are you wearing with this? On? Well, casting spells. I think I'm wearing um, some, uh, some Gandalf boots. <laughs> some Gandalf boots. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a great name oh for a band. Oh, my God. I think you wear Gandalf boots. Gandalf boots. Gandalf boots. Wizard boots. Wizard boots. <laughs> wizard boots. boots. I'm going anyway. to wear my uh, casual wizard boots. You know the kind where um, the flap hangs over? <laughs> I think that's Mickey boots. Are you, like, are you talking about uncircumcised boots? Uh, oh, really? <laughs> really? Really? Not Robin Hood boots. <clears throat> They're harder to clean. <laughs> <laughs> From what oh, I hear. Oh, my goodness. You know. Yeah. I, <laughs> um, I'm going to say that this scares me out of my shoes. Oh, spooky. Whatever shoes I'm wearing, and then I'm then I'm dancing around in a trance, baby. Really? 
That's what it's wow, in a trance. Josh is dancing trance. He is yeah under the spell. I'm in the corner dancing that feels with like myself. That like some Blair, some Blair oh. Witch project. Hey, nobody <laughs> puts Joshy in the corner. Nobody, no, but nobody puts Joshy in a trance <laughs> without without taking his shoes off first. I don't know what you're, that sentence is. Unlike anything I've ever heard before. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, our cover of Screaming Jay Hawkins. I put a spell on you. Put a spell on you Take 
cover you just heard was performed by josh bond and neil marsh thanks for listening to pod gave rock and roll to you if you like what you heard please subscribe and give us a good rating on apple or spotify or wherever you listen if you'd like to reach out to us you can find us on twitter and instagram under the handle at pod gave rock next week is jonathan's week what are we gonna uh, listen to we're gonna listen to elton john's i guess that's why they call it the blues can't wait <laughs>